Hello everybody and uh, welcome back to our leadership podcast. Uh, and uh, I decided to do four podcasts uh, about one subject. And I'm going to call these uh, four podcasts Church and the 21st Century. Uh, it's very important for every leader to understand the balance between the things that are changing, the things that we need to change in our churches and the things that we don't need to change. Uh, we are living in a society that, um, that is changing. Sometimes it feels with the speed of light. I often say to leaders, there's nothing new that uh, the world is changing. The world has always been changing. But what is new, it has never changed in the speed that is going on today. The way we communicate, um, the mentality of people, youth culture, so many things, you know, they are changing so quickly around us. And as a church, we have to, we have to cope with that. We have to understand uh, what does this mean for us? In what way should we relate to that? What is right and what is wrong? And also very important, how can we communicate with people today? Because if the, if the church loses contact with society, then, then we are left with a wonderful message but if we are not able to to reach people today then of course we're going to fail in our in our great mission and to know our times and to uh, and at the same time to understand what uh, we must not change even though there can be pressure against us to change that to live in this balance and to understand okay this we're never going to change but this we need to change and we need to change it quickly if not we're going to be in trouble these are very very important questions for leaders maybe more important than we think um, one mistake that definitely goes on in many churches, I travel a lot not only in Russia but in other places also, is that sometimes we just keep on doing the same thing and then we lose the initiative, we lose contact with people and uh, the church needs to live in a continuous renewal, continuous renewal at the same time as it uh, keeps to and sticks firmly to the things that we must not uh, change. And during these four podcasts, I want to talk about it. There are, of course, a lot of things that I can't touch. It is only four, four short lessons. But I think, um, but I really want to help you also to put your mind on these things and to, uh, to think about them, to work with them, because I'm absolutely sure it's going to make you a better leader. Questions that also you can work together with your, your co-workers. And... Um, uh, but when, when we look at the world today and we look at the speed that it, uh, that it changes, it's, uh, it's almost a little scary. Uh, technical development, uh, development of, of communication, and sometimes I use uh, these illustrations from, uh, uh, from uh, the business world, like uh, here I have my, my mobile phone, and in uh, uh, not so many years ago, Nokia, they ruled the world market. More than half of the phones that were sold in the world, they came from Nokia. And then came the smartphone, and Nokia just missed opportunity, didn't take this seriously, and bang, everything changed, and they lost the market. Uh, the, maybe you remember Kodak, the... Um, this big, big, big uh, company that made films. Uh, I read statistics that in the 70s they had almost 90% of the world market when it, when it comes to, to films. And then came di digital photo and uh, Kodak reacted again too slowly and, uh, and didn't change the way they were thinking, what they were producing. And uh, in, uh, after some years the company went bankrupt. And uh, 
uh, this is a, this is not the kingdom of God, but uh, it's very very important lessons uh, because these companies they they were the best in the world. They had the greatest mind, the best leaders, the best technician technicians, and anyhow they, they missed it. Why? It things happen so so fast, and and they reacted a little too too late, and opportunities were gone. And uh, what does this tell me as a pastor? It tells that. Wow, there are some areas I can't sleep. I, I need to be a, a contemporary man. I need to understand society. I need to understand something about community, uh, about uh, communication, and so that I can the church can really be able to do the things that the church is, um, uh, is supposed to do. And then at the same time, there will be pressure also against me as a leader, against the church that I lead, to change in areas where we must not change what we preach, what is right and what is wrong, what uh, moral we live by, what ethics we teach our children and so on. So, so this is the balance and this is the battle that I want to, to help you to think about and to, to, to consider uh, what kind of choices you need to make today and in the years that are ahead of us. And of course, the, the great... And the good news is that the Lord is with us. He can give us wisdom if we turn to him, if we consider this, if we pray, if we read his word, if we talk together with our leaders. The Lord will, of course, help us in these questions, but we have to give them attention. To sleep today, to be indifferent regarding these things can be very, very devastating for any church or for any spiritual leader. Uh, you know what we, what we did in, in Moscow um, in uh, May 2021? We took a whole month and uh, we made it subject church and the 21st century. Then we had four weekends when I and uh, one of our other pastors also preached about this. We brought up subjects that has to do with how the world is changing, how we need to change and how we don't need to change. And we engaged all the home groups. We, we did the different kind of talk shows. We brought up questions about everything, about uh, mobile phones to uh, homosexuality, to Christian family ethics uh, uh, and the way that uh, what kind of social problems are dominating today in the city we live in in Moscow. We engaged the whole church uh, in discussions, uh, the, the youth, the teenagers, the pensioners, everybody, and uh, just let this uh, whole subject penetrate the church for a whole month. And it was really, really good. And uh, maybe you need to do things like this. Maybe you're not ready today. Maybe you need to, to prepare. But start with your leaders. Start to talk about these things. Start to analyze the place you are living in. What time are you living in? How is your city changing? How are the people, the habits of people in your country, in your city changing? Because the more you know about this, the better leader you're going to be. And, um, and in this first podcast then today, uh, I, I want to start to bring up what does not change. Uh, I said to keep and to let go. I want to speak about the things that you need to keep. What... Uh, what uh, must not change, no matter what happens in society, no matter what goes on around you, there are things that you and I, as Christian leaders, as leaders of the church, that we need to protect and keep for the future generations, keep until Jesus comes back again. Uh, and uh, let me say something about the nature of God and his word. A very principal and doctrinal important statement that Jesus made we, uh, we find in Matthew 24, 35 when he says like this heaven and earth will pass away 
but my words will by no means pass away. Amen. This is a, a passage from the scripture that we are very, uh, is very well known to us. We use often, uh, often heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will by no means pass away. What does it mean? It means that uh, the word of God, the words of Christ, they will last forever. But le let's dive a little deeper into this and, uh, and ask the question, why does Jesus say heaven and earth will, uh, uh, will pass away? He could just have said, my words will not, not pass away. But he uses a parable here. He says, heaven and earth will pass away. Uh, well, I, I don't think he says this by accident. He points at, at the difference. Heaven and earth is of a certain substance. It's made of molecules and atoms. It's substance we can touch and see. And Jesus said, it's going to pass away. It's not forever. All these things have their time and then they will disappear. And then he says, but my words will not pass away. And uh, I believe what Jesus means here is that my words, uh, my words, they are from another world. Uh, they are not from this world with molecules and, and what we can touch and see and, and smell. They come from an eternal world that, uh, that cannot change and that will never change. Uh, they come from heaven. They come from me, from God, the eternal, who in his nature is unchangeable. And he says that that's why what I tell you, the words that I speak, they are eternal. And if we, if we meditate and think about this, we understand that, yeah, Jesus, he didn't only say the truth. Uh, he didn't only say good things, true things. He spoke out of an unchangeable reality. And that's what his word really is. And that when we, uh, when we read the Bible, when we read the sayings of Christ, that's how we need to think about them and relate to them. They come directly from the God who never changes. And there is no way that Jesus can say something that was not true or say something that was true yesterday and it is not true today. And uh, the, the Lord gave us the Bible, which is, of course, an immense gift to the Christians, the written word of God. And uh, 2 Timothy 3.16, uh, also one of the most famous uh, verses in the whole New Testament, Paul says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And this is what uh, we Christians have believed through the history. And this is what we believe today and need to believe into the future. That this scripture, the Bible, is inspired by God. That uh, uh, that this eternity that we find in the words of Christ, they are not only, were not only true uh, when he said them, but they're also given to us in the Bible. And the Holy Spirit watched over the Bible so that what should be is there and what shouldn't be, uh, what shouldn't be there is not, not there. And that is why uh, we in our church and in our churches, we, re we, we should relate to the Bible as the first and a final authority when it comes to what does not change. If the Bible says so, then we stick to that. No matter what happens around us, no matter what society say, the truths in the Bible, they are just there for former generations, 
for my generations and for future generations also. But then, of course, the Bible must also be read in, in today's society. It must be read by all generations. And we should all must try to understand it also, okay, uh, uh, from the context of today without changing the inspiration of the Bible. Uh, we know, for example, that has been church and say, says that um, and when a woman comes to church, she must wear a hat because this is written in the Bible. Yeah, it is written in the Bible. Paul writes about that. But, but when I read it, um, I understand that this is a cultural matter, uh, that you sh the church shouldn't be a place of offense. And uh, in the, this is how it was in the times of Paul, that the woman, he, she should cover her head. And Paul says, we need to do that in the church also. But in, the, in another uh, other reality, like in today's society, just looks strange is everybody every woman puts on a hat when when she, when she goes to church uh, so we can implement this word in another way of uh, behaving in church in a way that we don't offend one another and uh, so the the word of god must always be studied we must always read it with respect and talk together and and find also the answers that we need today there are many questions that are not directly answered in the bible abortion was not an issue in the in the times when the Bible was, was written. So we need to find the answers reading the Bible uh, the Bible to, uh, today and, and many other questions, also new ethical problems that appear. So the Bible is alive and guided by the Holy Spirit. We need always need to study it to find the answers that we, that we need today and study together, listen to, to one another. But the final authority will always be there and that's going to be a battlefield for the future. And that is a battle that we need to that we need to win. It will cost something for any, if you call us conservative Christians, conservative leaders, and it will probably cost more tomorrow than it does today. And this is a, a battle we need to be ready to fight and say, well, I stand for the Bible. I believe in the uh, in the divine inspiration of the Bible, and uh, uh, we read it, we discuss it, we look for the answers. But the final authority will always be the written word of God. So let me just say a couple of words as some examples then about how this can be. For example, when we speak about uh, Christian ethics, uh, when we speak about um, family ethics, which uh, sexual ethics, uh, which are, of course, really, really big questions uh, today. And it's, it's kind of interesting to see uh, when... Um, People came to Jesus with, uh, with questions, like in Matthew chapter 19, the scribes came and said, what do you say about divorce? And the first thing Jesus says, Matthew 19, 4, he answered and said to them, have you not read? Begin there, begin with the Bible. And, uh, and that's what we need to think also, not begin with society, not begin with what is uh, common today, what is popular today. Begin, have you not read? We sit down. We read the Bible and we think about the Bible as the final authority and then we believe that God will speak to us and we will find the answers we need to old or new problems, old or new dilemmas that we need to, uh, th uh, th that we need to speak with people about, preach about and help people to find the right answers. It's the same also in, in uh, Luke 10 when uh, this uh, lawyer comes and tests Jesus and says, well, uh, how can I inherit eternal life? And uh, Jesus answered him, Luke 10, 26, what, what is written? And uh, regarding salvation also, he goes to the Bible. So what is written about salvation? And um, so this is, of course, also a, a, a big, 
battlefield and is going to be about eternity, about salvation. We have what we call universalism. It's a kind of fine word describing that, uh, that well, everybody will be saved. There is no hell. There is no condemnation. Everything will be well with anybody, whether you believe in other religion or if you, if you don't believe in any re religion. And, uh, and questions like this or this kind of uh, views are growing also, unfortunately, among Christians, to, uh, Christians today. And, and that is why I want to close by saying something about this. And uh, that is why when it comes to, when it comes to salvation, uh, the gospel is the gospel of love. The gospel is the gospel of mercy, <laughs> grace, of joy. But it is also the gospel of truth. And uh, we have to tell every man that God loves him. We have to tell every man that God wants him to be saved. But we also have to tell a man how they get saved. And they don't get saved just by being loved by God. Uh, they get saved by knowing the truth about the way of salvation and uh, that sin is a real is a reality in every man Romans 10 no sorry Romans chapter 3 verse 10 says there is none righteous no not one uh, every man is a sinner and that sins separates him eternally from a God who loves him and that's why Christ came and uh, when he died for the sin of the world uh, he opened the door of salvation, but through that door, you walk by repentance. Uh, in uh, the first word, John the Baptist said when he started to preach was repent. That's the first word he said when he preached. The first word Jesus said when he started to preach was repent. Repent and believe. In the day of Pentecost, when... Um, uh, Peter has uh, spoken in Jerusalem about Jesus and the crowd draws near to him and asks him, what shall we do to be saved? In Acts 2.38, the first thing Peter said is repent. And uh, that's the door in. And what we need to do and what we need to keep on doing is to preach the gospel, not just that God loves you, everything is fine, but to preach the gospel in a way that people understand that I need salvation. I am a sinner. And if I'm willing to repent, if I'm willing to say, God, I know, I know I've done wrong. I know I grieve you. But God, I, I forgive me. I believe in Jesus. I believe in him as my, my say Savior. If we lead him to faith in Christ, following the repentance, then we lead them in the old way, the same way that Jesus preached, the same way that Peter preached, the same way that, 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 Paul, that Paul preached. Man is not saved by, uh, just by being a man. Man is not saved by just being kind. He is, he is saved by repenting and believing in Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. Uh, if you look at the robber in... Uh, 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 Luke 23, who died beside Christ. It's such, a, it's such a good example. He had maybe been a sinner all his life. He was a sinner. And now the sin has caught up with him. He's dying on the cross. He's separated from God. And then he sees Jesus. And uh, he understands who Jesus is. And all he says, Jesus, remember me. He, he didn't do a good deed. He, he didn't give tithe. And, and he didn't even pray a very bold and doctrinally correct prayer of, of repentance and salvation, he, he just said, Jesus, remember me. 
And Jesus saw the sorrow. He saw, uh, he, this robber had earlier said to his friend, we, we die rightly because we are sinners. Jesus saw that he had confessed his sin. Uh, and, and he saw his faith in Jesus. Jesus, remember me. And Jesus turns to him so kindly, so lovingly, so wholeheartedly. Today you will be with me in paradise. And that's all. Salvation is not difficult. It's not far away. But when a, when a person sees the truth about himself, when he sees the truth about Christ, he can be saved in a moment, just like this man. And he went, this robber went from the cross and he went with Christ to paradise. And, and in very few words, this is the gospel. And this is what we need to keep. There are some things we must not let go. The biblical ethics, the... The trust in God's word as inspired by, by the Holy Spirit, as the final authority, and the gospel itself about salvation. Uh, no matter what comes against us, what presses us, we are also leaders who protect, who don't let go. What was given to us by earlier generations, we keep and we will keep for further. Do that, and the Lord will be with you, and I, will be I believe that you will see a great harvest. God bless you.